The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded Chapter 18 Railgun's Crusade So then, this guy says, and I ain't lying. Atheist raised a glass from the table. I almost started shooting him on principle. Everyone at the table laughed. Atheist, Christian, Zealot, and Truth sat in a large corner booth along with a few members of the Holy Order of Smart People. A fight devoid of zingy one-liners is poor tactics, I say. Zealot took a long drink from his mug. How about that escape? Christian said. Everything that happened after we jumped from the skyscraper. I thought we would die from the fall. What a momentous and crazy sequence of humorous and epic events that caused us to not die. It was all so incredible. I can't imagine how anyone can put it into words and portray it accurately, especially in the form of an audiobook. Agreed, Atheist said. Christian smiled. This is so surreal. Earlier we were adversaries. Now we're swapping war stories of how we stuck it to some anthropomorphic lions. A small victory, Atheist said. Just wait, in a couple of days, Tyranny will puke out that little kiddie fascism, and he'll rename him to something else to hide his motivations. Something like multiculturalism or diversity. Or maybe anti-fascism, Truth said with a laugh. Everyone looked at Truth. They didn't laugh. What? Truth said. Don't be ridiculous. Atheist said, fascism would never be crazy enough to call himself anti-fascism. What is he going to say? That free speech is actually tyrannical? That in order to have freedom, we have to limit what people can say? Nobody would be that crazy. They kept talking. Christian's gaze drifted over to the booth at the far end of the room. Love sat alone, staring at a glass with something vaguely non-alcoholic. Excuse me. Christian left the table, walked over to Love. Mind if I sit here? Love shrugged. That was quite a battle back there. Love shrugged again. Thank you for getting all those guys to come to our rescue. That was mostly zealot and atheist, Love said. I find that hard to believe. Christian tried to catch Love's gaze. Love just stared at her drink. Then don't. Silence. Christian drummed his fingers on the table. Love looked off into the distance. Truth is convinced a few people to join our journey to the Celestial Station, Christian nodded towards the corner table. Now that we've fought together against the lions, a few of the Holy Order of Smart People are willing to hear about the threat of total atomic annihilation. Oh, that's great, Love said, without any discernible emotion that Christian could identify. I think maybe they're more willing to listen ever since you talked to them. Love picked up her drink and studied it for a few seconds. If you say so... What's the matter? Christian sent Love a look of concern. Nothing. Not true. Truth yelled from across the room without leaving her conversation. Love glared at Truth. Thanks, Truth, Christian shouted, but I could figure that out on my own. Oh dear, am I that easy to read? Love said. You neglected to drink your vaguely non-brand specific beverage. Oh? Love said. Because vague non-brand specific beverages are my favorite. Christian laughed in a friendly way. Is this about your fight with Puritan? No, not exactly. I felt so useless back there. No one was listening to what I had to say. They just threw it back in my face. All I could do was convince a bunch of overseer deniers and a crazy gunslinging loudmouth to come help. They did far more than I did. Puritan had me at her mercy. Hey, you shielded us. Puritan made my shields useless. Hey, don't be hyperbolic. I'd say almost useless. Love rolled her eyes at Christian in a way that seemed to be communicating something, but Christian couldn't figure it out. 
You helped Atheist get to us. Love scoffed. That's me, the great and powerful magical girl and conjurer of stairs. Flee before my power and despair as you face stairs. Don't go beating yourself up over the fight. Each of us has a strength and a weakness. Love slouched in her chair. Is it because I wasn't articulate enough? Did I say something wrong? Am I wrong? What's this? A voice bellowed. Somehow, Zealot was now standing at the end of the table, peering down at Love with indignant rage. Love gave a quiet, high-pitched squeaking noise and slid toward the wall, away from Zealot's sudden and inexplainable appearance. Zealot, Christian said, stop sneaking up on us like that. Never! Zealot slammed his fist onto the table, causing Love's brand non-specific drink to spill. Do I understand that this great young lady is reviling herself after a successful and glorious day of righteous combat? For shame! Shame on you for feeling shame! You must not feel shame that others did not listen to you! Such feelings are shameful! Love started to say something, then stopped to think. Wait, so should I feel shame or not? Not! Zealot said. In times of great conflict, few have the wisdom to listen to you. The lions were too blinded by their rage, so I was needed to thwart their evil schemes. I just felt so useless, Love said. What? Zealot grabbed Christian's arm and pressed buttons on Book's hollow display control panel. Book projected onto the table. She was asleep in a holographic bed. There was a nightstand next to the bed with a digital alarm clock. Book! Zealot said, set this poor, wonderful woman's mind to right. Book! Zealot swung his hand as if to smack Book awake, but his hand passed through her. Awaken! The alarm went off. Book cracked her eyes open very slightly, then pressed the snooze button on the alarm clock. Shut up, Samuel. Go back to sleep, Book said, muttering. Book? Christian shouted. Book opened one eye and yawned. Oh, you guys are actually consulting me for something? And here I was hoping I could sleep forever, hoping you had achieved moral perfection, not needing me. I am merely the divinely inspired AI built by the one and only eternal creator of all cosmic reality. Can we skip the sass this time, Book? Christian said. Love is feeling guilty for her lack of help in our most recent battle with tyranny, fascism, and Puritan. So stop. Book pulled the covers over her head. Oh, come on, Christian said. It can't be that simple. Book groaned and poked her head out of the holographic covers. Then she looked at Love. For everything, there is a season, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tank, a time to peel, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to say bye, and a time to say what's up, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to be dressed, and a time to not wear pants, a time to love, a time to hate, a time to be Australian and use the word mate. The overseer has made everything beautiful in its time. Something, something, this last part has to rhyme. Christian sent Book a suspicious glare. You made that up. I made half of that up. Book pulled the covers back over her head. I'm too out of practice for a proper verse. Or rather, you are too out of practice. You get the idea. Maybe if you consulted me more, you'd get better advice that is closer to what my author intended. You consult me this little, and to you, I will sound like bad poetry. I think... Zealot said, This small, shiny woman is trying to say different circumstances require different approaches. You cannot expect kind words and actions to be sufficient every time. Love cracked a smile. Oh, I see. That does cheer me up a bit. She sipped her drink, what little was left after it had spilled. Oh dear, I need another one. She raised a hand to summon a passing waiter. The waiter replaced Love's drink with unusual speed, as if anticipating the spill before it happened. Can I get you anything else? The waiter said. 
No, we're good, Christian said. Truth walked over and sat next to her sister. Are you sure? The waiter said. Ice cream? Pizza? Dream job? A comprehensive dubbed anime streaming service, perhaps? Zealot laughed. This small food servant assaults us with humor, as if such a wondrous thing could exist. Exactly, Love said. Uh, forgive me, Truth said, but I take hyperbole very seriously. Yeah, Christian said. To her, hyperbole is the most important thing in the world. Truth scowled at Christian. Sorry, Christian gave a sheepish smile. Regardless, Truth said, I'm not certain anyone would want a comprehensive anime streaming service. It would include horrid stories. The waiter smiled. If you want a world where those things don't exist, I can get that for you. Everyone stared blankly at the waiter. He looked uncomfortable. All I have to do is erase your memory of those things. Anything to have our customers content. Zealot grabbed the waiter by the scruff of his shirt and hoisted him into the air. Are you saying you can make me forget any work of fiction I don't like? Well, uh, uh, the waiter was perturbed by being hoisted into the air. Sure, I could even make it good. Zealot dropped the waiter and turned towards the table. Do you all understand what this means? We could make Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded good, Truth said. Well, even I have my limits. The waiter straightened his shirt. Cease your omniscient banter, Zealot turned back towards the waiter. This drink fairy can bestow upon us whatever we want, no matter how impossible. Wait, really? Love sprang to her feet and stepped in front of the waiter. You mean you could create me a uh, four-versus-one hunting game involving monsters, tracking, and tactical map presence? The waiter considered the question. Well, that seems oddly specific, as if you are mourning the cancellation of a particular obscure game, but yes! Love made a shrill noise like the mixture between a bird's cry for help and a hyperventilating valley girl. Hey, everyone! A voice said from the doorway. It was the interpreter, along with a gaggle of Arminians and Calvinists. I've been looking all over for you. What have you been up to, Christian? We've been fighting lions and fascists with stairs. Oh, my. The interpreter paused and looked around. A pop culture reference without art nearby? And this place must be the restaurant of culture. Christian paused as if waiting for the interpreter to make some sort of ominous inference. He did not. Is that bad? Christian said. Eh, interpreter said with a nonchalant tone. In any event, we're about to head out to the next city. Are you coming with us? Oh, yes, in a minute, Love said. These waiters were going to grant our every possible desire. The interpreter raised an eyebrow. Is that bad? Christian said, this time with more emphasis, which is what the italics are for, which you can't see given that this is an audiobook. The interpreter considered this for several seconds. Well, not necessarily. Great, Christian turned to the waiter. Now about that video game... The interpreter shrugged and stepped outside. The Arminians and Calvinists followed. The waiter walked to a large screen at the far end of the restaurant, pressed a few buttons, and the title screen for a video game appeared. Love ran to the screen and pressed her hand against the pixels. You did it! Love said with a squeal of delight. Christian looked at Truth, questioning. What's her deal? It's too complicated to explain, Truth said. But that won't stop me. So there's the studio called Turtle Rock? No, no, not that, Christian said. Love never struck me as such an aficionado of fine art. Oh, aficionado. Nice word, Christian. I approve. And yes, love is best suited for appreciating fine art, especially well-designed ones like that game seems to be, objectively. You know, guys, love turned and faced the group with a smile that seemed huge, even for love. This is a five-player game. I can get you four other players, the waiter said. Four holographic people materialized next to love with their own computer consoles. Sweet! Love clapped her hands together in joy. 
The interpreter appeared again at the door. Hey, it's been a while. Are you coming? Oh, dear, Zealot said. The confounding chronology of this concrete collective has befuddled us. We should indeed set about assisting the interpreter with his efforts to warn others of the threat of total atomic annihilation. Zealot started towards the door. Oh, wait. Uh, I want to try something. Truth walked up to the bar at the end of the restaurant. Waiter, I need an answer to a question. The waiter said, Will this make you more content? Yes, Truth said. How many angels can dance on the head of a pen? I must know. Fourteen. Truth paused, as if surprised by the sudden, precise answer. Then she produced a data pad and typed something in. Fascinating. Does this vary depending on the dance? Yes. Fourteen is both the mean and mode number of angels that can dance on the head of a pin. But with other dancers, the actual number is higher or lower. Does it vary based on the type of pin? No. Ah, due to the incorporeality. Very fascinating. Can you stick around? I have so many questions I need to answer. If it will make you more content, the waiter said. Great. Now, regarding the number of angels that can dance on a pen... Zealot walked up to Truth and interrupted. Truth! We must be gone! Christian walked up to Zealot. I think we've earned a little time off. Zealot looked to the interpreter. Rest is important, the interpreter sounded as if he was unsure of the statement. Just meet me outside of town tomorrow. He ducked back outside. Right, Truth said, still typing on her datapad. So regarding Atlantis, is it the Eye of Africa or just some myth the Greeks made up to make people try harder to be upstanding? This is great, Christian said. Can we wish for anything? I would like some ice cream. The waiter blinked. You can wish for anything, and your wish is for ice cream? Hey, get off my back. I'm a simple man. Have you ever had ice cream? I have not. The waiter turned to the back of the bar and rifled through some compartments. But anything to make you more content, he glanced back at Zealot. What will it be for you? Stroking his chin, Zealot didn't answer. I can get you whatever you want. Please, silence, Zealot said. You are interrupting my chin-stroking. Such a vital activity for proper thinking. I guess I will get back to you. The waiter handed Christian his ice cream, after which Christian didn't pay much attention to anything else. We'll be back with more Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded after these messages. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded is brought to you by Sacrifice, struggle, persistence. For a select few, these are a way of life. But for many, there is a better path. The way of safety. The way that says, I don't want to die. The continuation of my life is the highest priority. And to die for another cause is for fools and suckers. But we aren't fools and suckers. We are better stronger. We are those who say let others fight wars, face evils, and waste their time voting or running into burning buildings with little chance of success. We choose reality, not hopeless chance, the tried and true, not the risky and new. We don't throw our votes away. We don't waste our time arguing on the internet. We don't pointlessly die on hills for a war we know we can't win. We avoid certain death, and we survive, at least until we die of natural causes, which for some reason we feel is superior. Because if you know you can't win, if you know your internet argument won't persuade anyone, then what 
is the point. After all, we can know if we will win or our arguments will succeed because we have perfect knowledge as to the efficacy of our efforts and won't be tricked by hope or divine command. And if we don't think we can win, then there's no reason to fight. And even if we could win, we might get hurt or be ridiculed, and our personal comfort just isn't worth doing the right thing. We are the many, the proud, the cowards. To become a coward, join your local coward recruitment office or do literally nothing. We now return to Pilgrim's Progress, Reloaded. Zealot sat in a corner booth, surveying the rest of his comrades. Love was now playing through some game called 50% Death 3. Truth was at the bar, asking questions about various mythological creatures. Christian was just sitting there, eating his ice cream. Anything we can do to make you feel more content? The waiter said. Zealot leapt from his seat. His hand went to his pistol on instinct. How did you get there so fast? Are you a teleporting waiter person? The waiter raised his hands and backed away. All right, I get that you don't need anything. Well, just let us know. Zealot glared at the waiter as he walked away. His hand never left his pistol holster. I believe we must away, he said loud enough for the others to hear. I can't yet, Christian said. The waiter said they could get me a high-paying job here. I need that. He took another bite from the ice cream. A job? Working for who? Zealot said with skepticism. The owner of this restaurant, of course, a waiter said, who was now suddenly next to Zealot. Zealot sprang back away from the waiter. How do you keep doing that? Is this how other people feel when I sneak up on them? Oh, don't worry, the waiter said. We only want you to be content. The manager demands it. Manager? Zealot said, his eyes narrowing. Who's your manager? You know... The waiter said with a shrug, just some guy, a normal person who was definitely not a giant. I didn't claim he was a giant, Zealot said with a growing tone of distrust. Oh, well, good, because he isn't one. He made this place so weary pilgrims could be content and find fulfillment, whether that be through art, work, food, or obscure asymmetrical video games, apparently. I think me and my friends are sufficiently content. Zealot said. We must really be going. But we can't leave, Love said. 50% Death 4 is coming out in just a few days. That does excite me, Zealot paused, a twinge of excitement in his voice. But we must find the interpreter, no doubt. He is worried about us. It has been a day, hasn't it? Or has it been longer? Oh, but uh, I'm learning so much, Truth said. For example, did you know Bigfoot is actually a hoax? I mean, I suspected, but now I know for sure. But what use is that information? Truth blinked. I don't understand the question. I'm learning things. That's probably good. Probably. Since when do you not give a straight answer? Hey, get off my back. Truth's tone was unusually harsh. Yeah, Christian said. Besides, we aren't just having fun. I got a job. I'm being productive. I start in just a few minutes. How did you get a job so quickly? Zealot said. We've only been here. He checked his wrist computer. The chronometer seemed to be malfunctioning. He struck it a few times to see if that remedy did its malfunction. Then he struck it a few more times for fun. We will help the interpreter, Love said. Eventually, we're just taking a break. This cannot be healthy, Zealot said. Sure it is, Truth said. I'm learning a lot. Christian is starting a big important job and Love is having a good time. You're the only one complaining, Zealot. Because we have a mission to pursue, 
What's wrong with being content? Christian said through a mouthful of ice cream. Anything is wrong if it keeps you from doing the work which we were set out to do. Outside those doors, people are in need of our help. They are under threat of total atomic annihilation. We must do our part. You want me to quit my job? Christian said. Zelt sputtered, unsure what to say. Well, not necessarily. You think video games are bad? Love said. Of course not. You think I shouldn't learn? Truth said. Listen to yourselves. You sound just like... Zealot turned around. Several waiters were walking towards him. He inched his hand closer to his pistol. Sound just like the lions. Can we get you anything? A waiter whispered into Zealot's ear. Zealot leapt away from the waiter. Almost a dozen waiters were in the room now. How were there so many? Just before, there had been only one or two. Hadn't there? We just want you to be content, another waiter said. I know what I want, Zealot said. I want my friends to come with me and fight the good fight. Certainly, a waiter said. How about a nice game of rebellion first, or a complete viewing of Code Geos? Maybe to satisfy your desire to contribute, we could get you a job test-firing railguns. Language, Zealot said. It's everything I could have ever wanted, and I can't find anything wrong with saying yes. Because there isn't anything wrong with saying yes, Truth said. Those railguns aren't going to test fire themselves. The waiters surrounded Zealot. Zealot shook. I can't understand it. None of what is being asked of me is wrong. But why do I feel that something is wrong? Well, maybe it's just you, Love said, her eyes still on her game. Zealot looked down at his pistol, then up at Christian's conscience. But conscience was no longer on Christian's shoulder. It dangled from the grip of one of the waiters. Conscience tried to speak, but the waiter squeezed his neck, which seemed to silence the robot. Zealot's grip on his pistol tightened. Christian, we are in peril. These waiters are strangling your conscience. He ran forward, grabbed Christian, and tried to pull him away. But Christian was chained to the bar. Christian! Zealot tried, wrenching the chains free from the bar. You're in chains! Help me free you! Oh, don't worry. I've got the key. I can free myself. So do it! Yeah, in a minute. I have to file some TPS reports. A waiter grabbed Zealot by the arm. Please, just let... Us take your weapon. You'll be more content. He grabbed Zealot's pistol. Zealot glared at the waiter with rage beyond his comprehension. The waiter's face went white. Sir, I must inform you, Zealot pointed his weapon at the waiter's head, that you have done goofed. The waiter hissed, bearing a mouthful of fangs and sharp teeth. The skin parted, revealing the face of a mutant demon. Zealot fired, and the waiter's head exploded into a cloud of red mist. The other waiters charged him. Zealot spun, firing missiles into each of the fanged waiters. A laser blast struck Zealot's back. Zealot turned around. Three waiters arose from behind the counter with laser rifles. Zealot kicked over a table and dove for cover. Lasers riddled the restaurant. Zealot poked his head over the table to get a vantage point of the gunman. A laser struck Zealot's shielded head. He ducked back down. His invisible shielded helmet would withstand many such strikes, but the gunmen were firing very many lasers, and very many was more than many. Plus, the gunmen didn't seem to be running out of ammunition. Zealot looked at Christian, still at the bar stool, looking at a pile of documents and eating ice cream. None of the lasers touched him. He seemed oblivious to the attack. Christian, Zealot said, assist me! These waiters are not what they seem! We've got to focus on my work. Christian didn't look up from the documents. Besides, I wouldn't do much good. What? Zealot said. 
Yeah, Love said. We've been fighting these forces of evil for so long, and what do we have to show for it? Nobody will listen. Zealot sent a missile in the general direction of his attackers. All the more reason for us to fight harder! The gunfire from the waiters sent chips of wood flying from the table, eating away at Zealot's cover bit by bit. I can do something with my work, Christian said. Fighting these forces of darkness doesn't seem to get us anywhere. I'm content to let skilled people handle it, like the interpreter. Skill is an illusion! Zealot's cover was now half the size as before. He crouched lower to avoid the laser blast and sent missile after missile back at his attackers. I need your help! Those still under the threat of total atomic annihilation need your help! We must help! The waiters seemed undeterred by Zealot's counterattack. Sorry, Christian said. But I don't have time. He yawned and returned to his paperwork. Zealot looked towards truth, then love. They were as enraptured with their contentment as Christian, which left only one option. This is going to hurt. Zealot tensed, preparing his mind for the pain. With his eyes wide open, he jumped over the table. Lasers ripped into his armor, some bouncing off, some melting bits of metal. He felt the melting metal burn his skin. He raised his pistol and fired three times. Christian's paperwork, Love's screen, and the waiter talking to Truth all blew up. Zealot! Love turned on Zealot, anger in her eyes. Why would you do that? Christian threw up his hands in exasperation. How am I supposed to make a living now? Are you some sort of anti-intellectual hack? Truth yelled. More laser blasts burnt into Zealot. He crumpled to the ground. Blood seeped from the wreckage of his armor. Oh, well, it's no matter, Love said. There are always other ways to have fun. She walked to a shelf that materialized out of nowhere full of board games. I will find other work. Christian turned back to the counter, and a waiter placed more paperwork in front of him. There is no shortage of useless information, Truth said. Zealot groaned and fell forward onto his face. A pool of blood seeped outward from his body. Finally, a waiter said. I thought he'd never go down. Look at this, Love pointed at the shelf of games. How about a nice quick game of Twilight Imperium 87th edition? Not yet, a voice said. What was that? A waiter said. Something in the center of the restaurant moved. What? How? A waiter said. More gunshots. Zealot shambled forward. His armor turned red from his blood. The waiters turned their guns on him and fired. Blood and metal flew from Zealot's chest. Zealot continued forward. He raised his gun. The waiters ducked for cover. Then Zealot stopped. There is only one way to stop this. Tears fell from Zealot's face, mixed with blood. He turned his pistol towards love. Well, Zealot, really shoot love? What's with the sudden dark and dramatic shift in the tone of this book? And will I ever stop talking in this ridiculous old-timey announcer voice? Find out next time on Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded was written by David Umstead. Audio editing by William Umstead. Audio recording by 10,000 Monkeys with typewriters which can speak. Typewriters, that is, not the monkeys. Monkeys can't talk. Don't be ridiculous. Whereas talking typewriters are entirely plausible.